and cue music. Welcome everybody to episode 24 of A-Sides. I've got a guest with me today who has a lot of uh, side hustles. He is an exciter, <laughs> he's in diamonds, and he's also a host for Banger TV, which you might uh, be familiar of Banger TV. It's an um, offshoot of Banger Films, which produced so many um, amazing documentaries like Headbanger's Journey and Iron Maiden Flight 666, even the recent ZZ Top documentary. Uh, so, uh, Daniel Decay, uh, welcome to the show. Yo, Andy, thanks for having me, dog. That was uh, a lovely introduction, by the way. That was, you're, that was great. I, fe- I feel like I was just on Hot Ones. I feel like that was like that level of introduction. You, you killed it. Thank oh, you. Oh, shit, man. All right. Well, uh, Daniel, um, while everybody has been uh, sheltered in place, you've you have been like waving the flag for heavy metal. I've seen you on uh, Twitch. You've been on YouTube. You've had uh, heavy metal reviews. And uh, so how did you actually get uh, uh, hooked up with Banger TV? Um, first, dude, w- once again, like thanks for, I don't know, paying attention and uh, <laughs> rolling out the gold carpet for me like that. That's very, very nice of you to take note of all the things that I'm trying to do. I wouldn't say that, you know, there's shitloads of people waving the flag for heavy metal, but thank you for recognizing me. Um, so thank you, dude. Um, bang, bang, it's like, I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm a humbled first and foremost, dude. It's, it's not very often that people pay attention like that. So I do really appreciate it. Um, banger started, uh, my story with them starts, uh, three, three years ago now. Um, I went in to do, uh, in, in its very primitive stages, a live to YouTube show called heavy mail debate show called Lockhorns. Um, so it was, uh, Sam Dunn, an audio guy, Daniel Williams, uh, an audio or audio guy, Craig and video guy, Daniel and Lisa, the co-host. And, uh, they'd have a guest on and be in this little room with two cameras and, uh, they'd stream live to YouTube. And I got called in as like a one-off guest. I did thrash metal. And uh, it went fucking smashing. I'd never met Sam before, uh, like other than the casual encounter at a local metal gig because he was playing in bands, uh, Burn to Black uh, specifically, and uh, just around the scene in general at all the big metal shows. If you know if Slayer was in town, you knew that you'd see him there. Um, so I'd never met him for real, and we just hit it off that day, and we had a great chat. And it was like within three weeks from that point, um, I'd in chat with the producer there and they like basically offered me a job like it was very formal it's like it, I went from being a guest to like hey like no like now you can do this many videos for us per month and like you know welcome to the team it's pretty cool um it's really really cool how that all came together and now like Lockhorn Lockhorn's developed into something huge and like they since since I've been there the YouTube channels hit a uh, huge um Huge uh, landmarks. Uh, we crushed 250,000 subscribers on YouTube uh, very recently, and that's a huge one for us. Um, got like, you know, just the channel grew a ton. It went from uh, Lockhorns and Overkill Reviews to something so much bigger and something that's even getting bigger. We've launched, in the time I've been there, we've launched a very successful Patreon campaign that continues to be successful. 
And uh, I'm just, man, really privileged to be there in the time I was and to watch this thing grow. And I feel so much a part of it. It's like looking back, it's like, really, it's been like three years now. I feel like very much a part of Banger TV and its growth. And uh, I'm really proud of it. I love it. Oh, wow. That's crazy that um, you say that Lockhorns that you were on was like your first gig with that because I watched that recently and you just seemed like you came in like the Kool-Aid man busted in and you were like, (laughs) you seemed like you had been part of that. Like, I guess I didn't realize that it was that long ago. Yeah, thanks, Andy. I'm pretty sure it was three years ago, unless I'm being a huge stoner about it. I'm pretty sure it was three three years ago. And uh, yeah, man, I'd never met any of those people before. They found me like via email, like I got casted via email after suggestion. Um, I got su- recommended, casted via email, did a quick phone call with the producer, Lisa. And then uh, the next thing, it was like, okay, be at this address at noon. And I showed up and, you know, <laughs> I was treated like a stranger. I'd never met any of these people before. And, like, wait, wait, uh, wait, <laughs> wait for the, the front desk person to, like, you know, call whoever I was meeting and escort me in and all these things. It's like, you know, didn't, didn't know me, had no fucking idea based on what happened that day that I'd end up working there. It was crazy. Yeah. So, like, were you nervous at all? Oh, yeah, man, dude. Like, and I, I like, I, I, I just like really, I'd never done anything like that. But the big thing for me was that I knew that it was something I wanted to do. It wasn't a coincidence. Like performance and metal, metal knowledge in general is something I've always like really, I like to pride myself on. It's something that I do have is like somewhat of an encyclopedia of, of information in the genres that I'm most interested in. I really love to read about bands I like and absorb knowledge and just kind of understand bigger concepts with the music scene. And I was a huge fan of like, that's exactly what Sam Dunn was doing with like Metal Ahead Bangers Journey. It was like the, the heavy metal family tree. Like knowing that many bands was something that always interested me. So getting to use that with my already love of performing, like I fucking love being on stage and anyone who's come to a diamond show or an exciter show or any, any band I've played with ever, uh, they, <laughs> I'm like, just, you know, I live for that shit. I love, I love being in performance situation and I like live and breathe heavy metal. So the opportunity to blend the two of those and do it with like an actual fucking legend, like Sam Dunn, like you have to understand, like meeting him is <laughs> like seven feet tall as well. And I'm not a tall dude. <laughs> so, so like the first time I met him, not only was I already intimidated because it's Sam fucking Dunn, it's like, yo, he's huge. <laughs> so, you know, it was, uh, oh, dude, it's a crazy, that was a real wild whole experience and it continues to be a wild experience. I'm like currently filming uh, album review videos from home and other like I do the Patreon weekly update videos. I just film them in my house, my iPhone. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like it's just that's what that's what bangers become. They like we had we had some archival footage that we we've been putting out. But anything new that's being created, it's like we're creating on iPhones. We're creating from home. It's pretty crazy. Um, but I'm super thankful that I mean. You know, they're still having having us create videos. That's super cool that they're willing to do the iPhone thing because, you know, it doesn't look nearly as sick as a sick ass 4K camera. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, I saw one of those that you did recently. Uh, it was you were reviewing uh, Allison Chain's uh, Dirt's album. And I noticed that you had said that you were like a year old when that album uh, came out. So, um then how recently have you um, started listening to Alice in Chains? Um, as I also like kind of acknowledged in that uh, 
that interview like ah uh, that was a band i was like way late to the game on it was like this silly thing that you know when when you're a teenager and hanging out in the like neo thrash scene that i was kind of hanging out with it's like if it wasn't true thrash it wasn't music um you know it's like seattle you know like that grunge movement those like that group of bands the whole like you know blanket term of grunge which is super wrong because all those bands sound different they're you know some of them are super rad now um but like those bands killed thrash but like thrash kind of killed itself let's be real here i'm mean, not you know i'm more mature on the topic now i don't just like blindly point at like a band that is heavy as fuck like soundgarden or alice in chains and blame them for something like that that's silly um so you know I was like, dude, I'm telling you, it was like in the last, like in the last 10 years or less, I've like kind of like gotten into listening to Alice in Chains more than just the singles. And you know what? It's even less than that. It's like, dude, I didn't start listening to Alice in Chains until like seven years ago, realistically. I'd only just heard, you know, the same 15 songs that I knew. It's like, wasn't like, I didn't, I didn't really sit with like the self-titled and I didn't really sit with Dirt and I didn't really sit with Facelift until like then and you know obviously it's like when you're on the road and touring you kind of like i don't know how everyone else does it i like obsessively listen to one album for at least three days it'll be like i'll have like four albums that i just listen to exclusively those four albums for four days three days four days um so i kind of like learn them really well really fast because uh, you're listening to music for like you know eight hours of driving every day or six hours of driving driving every day um so yeah, uh, I didn't really start fucking with them until way late, till I was already touring and shit. And uh, yeah, they're an amazing band, dude. I love Alice in Chains now. Now I'm like right into them. I go to see them play live now because they still do live shows with William Duvall as the lead singer, um, which is super cool. And they release albums as well. That's like you know a thing I don't even touch on in that review. It's because like it's just like a band i think there's like a very obvious like pre and like there's like a, dip, a line when that band changes obviously so you know my review is on that alice in chains not the alice in chains i go see live now it's not the same band but yeah. fuck, still fucking kicks ass though man oh yeah uncle, for sure uncle jerry bruh i feel the same way like growing up there might be like a stigma with certain genres or bands but i guess when you get older you just kind of say fuck it and whatever you like is what you like yeah, 150%. 150%. And grow up and get your uh, your palate matures, you yeah. know? 100%, dude. Something else I can relate to what you were saying, how you kind of like dove in uh, to an album and you'll spin it like, I guess, days on end. Obs- obsessively yes. is the word I used, yes. Yes. <laughs> I seem to do that with everything and especially recently your uh, Diamonds albums. Like I have just fucking dove into those. And it's like almost like I've been obsessed with those. Um, either on my drive like? to work, um, just jogging around outside. Which which album do you like the most? The one I like the most, uh, it was uh, Never Want to Die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Since that one, I guess, was your third album, right? Uh, Never Want to Die. I was looking back through uh, some of your history with your band, and it looked like you were even on the Kiss Cruise back around that time, too. And I know you're a Kiss fan, right? So was that like a dream come true? That was like the start of my modern kiss uh, 
oh, fuck, how do I even say it? Dude, there was like a paradigmal shift when that cruise happened. Something something very, very deep happened inside of me at that point. It was like I'd been a KISS fan my whole life and I'd never met them. And I'd always put them on a pedestal. And you know, like I'd met them out of makeup individually, like this like the stocky type ways, like Gene Simmons is doing some fucking event and like you go to the buy a ticket to the event and like, you know, corner for an awkward handshake or an autograph or something. It's just like it's not genuine, right? It's not like the way to meet people. Um so I'd never really had my chance to meet Kiss for real. And we played that and we met them in full makeup and like did the did the whole photo experience thing and you know, like chatted and like that was crazy and just playing in the same boat as them and like that whole experience that really like set off this whole reality to me that like I could get even closer to the band. And like there are ways to get like just as close to the band as possible. And that's when I really like started going heavily to kiss events again. Cause I stopped a little bit, man. I was like kind of tired after like, what was the tour called? It was the one where they were selling the USB sticks with the, the whole show, the hot, I think it was just literally called the hottest show on earth. Perhaps the logo was a huge earth with a big like Saturn ring around it, a fire and shit. Anyways, (laughs) it was like it was like 2011 or 2012. And like at that point, like that world tour, like I bought, you know, like one of the more expensive tickets and I was super close. And I just like after that point, I kind of decided that I was going to slow down with the kiss related events because there was a lot, you know, because there were still like a solo shows and like, you know, there's still there's still other kiss type things to spend your money on expos, etc. appearances, right? And merchandise. So it was like just slowing it down a bit on the live shows. But now, like after that kiss cruise experience, I've seen the band since that kiss cruise, like eight, eight plus times since then, for sure, at least. Are yeah. you big kiss? Are you big kiss fan or something? I'm kind of like a private in the kiss army, I guess. <laughs> Oh, yes, you really like Kiss, man. That's red. I wasn't going to piggyback off of uh, you and Danko or anything talking about uh, Kiss, though. Bro, all I do in my entire life is talk to people about Kiss, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Literally, it's like anywhere I go, anyone I meet, it's like it comes up. It just does. I'm either wearing a piece of Kiss-related like merchandising or... You know, it just comes up. <laughs> it just comes up. Uh, they see a kiss tattoo, whatever it is. So, um, <laughs> yeah, all we do is talk about kiss. Don't worry about it, man. Kiss fans, known fact about kiss fans, we just talk about kiss nonstop. So much that we have expos that we can't we can't get enough of talking about kiss. We need to get together with more people more often and talk about kiss. So we so we have expos and cruises and all sorts of mini golf and themed weddings and it's just it's it's a lifestyle, dude. So with diamonds, like um, I guess since I had only bought those online, I don't have any uh, way to know the writing credits. But did you uh, contribute? Uh, songwriting to that as well or the only the honestly the only one of those albums that i wrote and played on is never want to die i toured the bad pack heavily and like i've rewritten all those songs to you know the arrangement that they sound like today with the band live but like those albums are done there's a huge gap between never want to die and the bad pack and that's when i joined the band i joined the band like two weeks before they released that album oh gotcha yeah, yeah. So that's that's the way that goes. Um, well, with Never Want to Die, like, uh, so that was your uh, one that you were actually uh, more involved in. Like, what kind of influences um, did you bring to that? Like, 
I I like I was the bridging point between the uh, sleazier and like whammy bar. Like so, the Alan Rich is the other guitar player who played on the Bad Pack prior to me. With him and Cece as the guitar players, uh, Alan you know played a Kramer and uh, loved like sleazier riffs, like sleazy metal riffs. And there's a lot more '80s metal influence in that era. Like everyone, what everyone was listening to, and you hear it. It's like um. It's like a, a sleazy, groovy record. It really is. And I kind of bridge it into the world and realm of like more modern metallic sound that came with the more aggressive chug picking. The mute, First off, like the muted stuff in general. And then the, the, the like, you know, the chugs and the riffs and the way more over, like way more overdrive. Like, you know, they were like, you know, they went, I think the sound on the record prior is like a more like a vintage Marshall uh, like an 800 being like pushed, pushed a little bit in front, like more very vintagey sound. And I like my guitar sound like a 6505 on Never Want to Die. And it's like way more gain. I'm not totally like guitar acknowledgeable, but for me, listening to that album, like I kind of went in order. And yeah, like uh, the Bad Pack, it was kind of like a like 80s inspired, like a Motley Crue type of album. But then going yeah. on next to that, yeah, that never want to die. I almost felt like this is almost like countdown to extinction level. Like I noticed the sound, like that's almost more like I don't know. It just sounded bigger to me. Yeah, it. Well, I mean, a big thing happened to production wise between the two records. Uh, Bad Pack had its own type of huge rock and roll sound, but like with the Never Want to Die, we uh, went with the. This guy, Eric Ratz, he's a very, very well-known Canadian producer. Um, and we went for that, like, huge, like, <laughs> like six guitar cabinets with six heads and trying all the different combinations and, like, going, like, super old-school, uh, huge guitar tones, like, arena-fucking-sized guitar tones and, like, everything really tuned and really tight and really sharp. Like, on the Bad Pack, there's, like the opposite and sometimes which is part of the charm to it in the recording process you can hear like there's like the sound of like warm dead air sometimes and like cc explained it to me it was cc and alan explained it to me they did like a lot of the tracking in their jam space for that record and uh they'd keep like in between shots where you would mute out that dead air like they would keep amounts of dead air in to like just give it a warmer like sounds like fucking recording a jam space you know what i mean it's like that was the aesthetic and it came off sleazier and drunker and like i find never want to die came off just as like just as together and i'd like to think that there is a bit of sleaziness in it still but it is very much like it borrows from the world of countdown uh load reload type like 90s metallica black album um it does play into that like '90s hard rock metal sound that I think I don't like. Countdown's not my favorite album. Shout out to the song "Ashes uh, in Your Mouth," which is like one of the sickest Megadeth songs ever. But the album as a whole isn't my favorite. But there are like some when they master like that '90s rock metal sound, like on High Speed Dirt, like that's that's fucking perfection, dude. Like that's a perfect Megadeth song. Best song on that record too, I think. High Speed Dirt. Yeah, and I guess, yeah, what I was kind of hearing when I was jogging around is I guess what you I just described, like that um, sound, like paid off, I guess what you were Dude, going you, for. No, no, you you nailed it. Like I'm I'm just reaffirming that what you said is indeed true and going more in depth. It. Like you said it first, you nailed it. That's that's exactly 
what uh, not only is that what I brought in my playing style and my tone style to the band, um, it's just like what I was like, we were all living together, or at least me and Cece were living together for like a portion of that album being written. And then like me and the drummer were living together for a portion of that album being written. It was like, when you live with me, you are forced to listen to more metal than you've ever listened to ever. Like, regardless of what kind of music you like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm going to be playing majority of the music in the house. That's just how uh, I'm just very dominant when it comes to like picking what record to listen to. So I would often force CC to listen to like you know, just metal shit he hadn't heard, like some more modern, harder metallic bands. And, uh, you know, some shit he was like, turn this fucking garbage off. And, uh, you know, other shit I got him like really into some bands that he still likes today. So, there was definitely like everyone in diamonds was listening to more metal at that point, but still a healthy dose of kiss. All of us are kiss freaks. So you're kind of like the guy too, kind of commandeer like the stereo in the car, right? (laughs) Well, like, yeah, the rule is that whoever's driving gets to play music. That's like the tour van rule. Uh, But uh, I don't drive. (laughs) So uh, I would always just sit in the front and literally just like be the front seat, like music person. I would just annoy the shit out of people be like, you know, it's supposed to be driver's pick. I'm like, yeah, but how about we listen to Rust in Peace one more time? (laughs) Anyone want to hear the Great Southern Trend Kill for the fourth time today? (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to be in that van then, man. Yeah, Yeah, dude. Dude, I'm a badass DJ. I have the great greatest – and I like to air drum the whole way. I'm super annoying. I'm super fucking annoying on the road. <laughs> so is like Megadeth, is that like <clears throat> one of your main kind of influences then? Because I know Thrash was like right up your alley. but Yeah, I would say that um, they're one of my favorite bands and that I wish I could play like Marty, but I can kind of play like Dave. That's kind of like the way I'd sum that up. They're they're very important to me. Them like <clears throat> all the big four um, are really important to me. Obviously, like the the basic bitch metal uh, type stuff. Like those those you know as plain as they are, those are the bands that got me into the the genre first. And from there, I went like to the extreme, like the German thrash. Like Creator is a huge band for me, and also the American bands outside of the big four, like Testament and Exodus, like all the like traditional thrash stuff um ace freely still my favorite guitar player but like you know throughout high school i started listening to like hardcore metal like pantera new metal like what pantera is to new metal that's the kind of new metal i liked like it, it got as heavy as like lamb of god and machine head type shit you know um Meshuga, a bit but like still i like it a little more old school than that i don't like it that's my thing is i don't like it too uh I don't want to use proggy because I do like proggy. I don't like it too uh, disjointed. Like the the modern, like the world of gent doesn't totally rock my socks, if you know what I mean, in terms of metal. That, like the seventh string chugung chung chugung. Like it's just that I'm just like not totally down with that yet. Um, but I do understand that that is kind of the future of metal. I do see that those bands are more popular than anyone else. I just kind of, I can't quite compute it yet. The riffs just don't do it to me the same way that does like the toxic waltz does it for me and it for instance you know what i mean oh yeah for sure yeah i kind of i lean a little bit more mainstream kind of uh, metal but i think from what you were saying like we're kind of in the same age range and kind of because i was kind of i think early 2000s yeah the lamb of god 
and there's like what um in flames shadows fall with some stuff i was into yeah but yeah exactly all those literally literally listen to all those bands in high school yep <laughs> yeah because that was even when like headbangers ball came back on on mtv too i think yeah yeah you guys had that badass shit in america oh yeah <laughs> yeah i, I, I ba- like- basic basic cable you had said uh megadeth um that uh countdown wasn't your favorite but what is your favorite one I don't know. I think I think either Rust or So Far. Rust or So Far. Yeah, I really like Euthanasia as well, like a lot, but not to not more than Rust. Um, I also like World Needs a Hero a lot. Or no, what's that one? No, 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 no. Uh, System has failed. Sorry, the comeback record with Chris Poland on guitar. System has failed. Like yeah, I think the obvious answer is Rust. But from the classic era, like Rust and seriously, so far is uh, like up there as well. I like so far more than Peace Cells, and I like so far more than the first one. Yeah, they even like re-released. I think recently a couple of those that you had mentioned. I think uh, the system has failed. And Dude, that record. The world needs great. a hero. Yeah. Dude, that record. That record is like. Listen, whatever. There's like there's like a dud or two on the record, but that's fine. You're allowed a couple duds. There's like a there's some bad ass fucking songs there that's like rock metal too at its finest like uh there's aggressive shit but there's also like that back in the day song and the scorpion and like that shit's like super die dead enough like those are just like rock and roll tunes yeah there's even what's that one kick the chair that one is pretty heavy on there dude yeah okay so that kick the chair and the first song with the like the it opens with the president's uh, Air Force One crashing somewhere over the Middle East. <laughs> Our nation stands at DEFCON 3. That song, <laughs> that's that song is fucking intense, man. Just opens with that double bass and like basically a news report of the president's whereabouts are currently unknown. <laughs> yeah, what is that? I think it's like Blackmail the Universe. Is that's that, exactly that what it's okay. called. No, that's exactly what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. blackmail blackmail the universe yeah that's okay, even so, a cool title too dude yeah that's sick okay so that that one and kick the chair or fucking like kick the chair is like almost rust and peace complex that riff like that's super rust and peace like that like chunky ass fucking riffing fast riffing like that that's like that's like dave i love that classic dave Speaking of classic thrash, you're in a thrash band yourself. You joined Exciter a couple of years ago. Do you got any plans to record some new music? Uh, yeah, we've got uh, working on a new album right now. Uh, still in like the demo stages, but have a lot of songs written, so that's pretty cool. Um, no timeline for release because I don't even have a timeline for when I'll ever be allowed to jam with the three of them in one room ever again. <laughs> but, uh, you know hoping that we can get into a studio to do like the hard parts, like drums and vocals, the shit you can't do at home because then we could move this process on a lot faster, but it's like kind of pretty much against all the rules for us to go into a studio right now and lay down that hard stuff. Uh, Sending tracks back and forth by email. Yeah. Yeah. So we're stuck. Yeah. We're stuck with like the drum tracks we already have recorded uh, or programming drums and just sending shit back and forth. Like I can record guitar parts at home and Al can do, um, bass parts at home, but like, you know, you can't start doing gang vocals and fucking drums in, in an apartment. I don't want to keep you too long. Cause I know you're probably about to go back on a uh, Twitch and like melt some faces with some, uh, uh-huh. solos. Uh-huh. Uh, thanks dude i've been having fun with that twitch thing dude it's been really cool to just 
play guitar online like that, man. It's fun. It's giving me something to do. Especially, I was supposed to be on tour right now. I was supposed to be in South America. Uh, yesterday would have been the first show of a South American tour. It was going to basically take me into this massively busy season that was going to go until the end of the summer. It's like this. This is it. This like this week was the start of start of touring season. So it really it fucking it hit me this week, buddy. It really fucking hit me this week. What al- what albums are you reviewing this week on your release podcast? Um, it's kind of weird, like, cause I guess well, with uh, shows being canceled, like I think albums are being like pushed back too. So there's really almost like slim pickings right now. The last well, one we you... actually talked about uh, was the uh, Danzig sings Elvis. I don't know if you heard anything about that. I I know about it, but I didn't listen to it at all. Oh, it's basically oh. Danzig singing Elvis. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he didn't really do anything flashy. Like I almost expected, like. Uh, something like him to do like jailhouse rock but it's all i guess like the uh classic ballads and stuff that's so fucking odd yeah yeah it almost sounded like some of the old stuff like i guess like that what's that song sis dennis or whatever from that yeah. one album it's basically kind of like that vibe throughout the whole uh record that's so odd man <laughs> yeah it's worth listening to though there's a Havoc record coming out tomorrow. That's for whenever this airs. We're speaking of May 1st, Friday, May 1st. There's a Havoc record coming out. Yeah, I think that's on. Um, going to be on our list for a future one. And I guess I think Butch Walker. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with him. He's got something coming up too. Yeah, that's rad. That's awesome. I'm doing a review on the on Banger TV for the Havoc record. Oh, awesome. it'll be it'll be online when whenever the, when when are you going to put this podcast up? I'm going to put it up Sunday morning. Yeah, this the uh, my havoc review will be live tomorrow, so it'll be it'll be up Sunday morning. Hello, you can go watch that review right after this podcast. Um, yeah. So where can people um find you? Like your Twitch uh, channel or? Yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm I'm pretty easy to find. My uh, I'm like at Daniel underscore Decay everywhere uh, on the internet. So Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I said those all in the wrong order of importance, but uh, whatever. Um, some around, uh, hit me up there and, uh, banger TV is on YouTube. It's like youtube.com slash banger TV. Um, and they're on Instagram as well. And exciters, exciters all over the internet and all the platforms. And, you know, we're around just, uh, throw, throw some likes, throw some follows and keep up to date with what we're doing. And we'd like to keep up to date with what you're doing. Andy fucking stoked about the podcast, man. It's, it's good that you're having guests on. You did a wicked job, man. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, no worries, bro. I guess I got uh, one thing like uh, to ask you too. Like, how long have you been into like Danko Jones, or when did you you uh, <laughs> find out about him? Um, I don't know, man. I've kind of known about Danko Jones forever. I think. I think that literally since since I've been listening to like underground rock and roll what i perceive to be underground rock and roll and getting into like bands more on that level like danko jones has always existed (laughs) um yeah man uh i guess personally i got to know him back in like i don't know diamonds playing shows with danko was i think the first like time i met him i think and that was in Twenty seventeen, perhaps seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, somewhere in that world, and um, yeah, man. Since then, we become way tighter. We like, you know, 
brushed shoulders at that point and like said our light salutations. But like in the last two years, him and I have broke down really, really hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you dude, guys sound like you're like best buds, like listening to this podcast. Yeah, dude, there was like, it's just a, he's, he's just like one of those dudes. There's a defining moment we had. Um, just like we agreed we we're going to meet for coffee uh, via Instagram. It was, yeah, it was like two or three years ago, man. It was kind of around the time when I started doing stuff at Banger because he did something at Banger too on Sepultura. Dude, you know what? It must have been like three years ago. So we said we're going to meet for a coffee. So we met at this cool little coffee shop and we like sat on coffees for like two hours and just talk shit man <laughs> just like back and forth just like killed it for two hours and since then we've been pretty tight uh i go over to to his place and do the podcast or we do it over the phone or whatever it is however we do it and you know we hang out at shows or it's pretty cool like he was playing a show uh oh no, he wasn't even playing he just he got on stage with marty friedman when i was at nam so I, you know, like hang out with him in California and I'll hang out with him. We're playing at the same festival as him in Germany. And, you know, it's like you just hang with him all around the world because he's like, he's busy, man. He plays a lot of fucking shows. He's like one of the best showmen, too. Um, he's super rad. I'm still trying to convince him to let me come on stage and do Lipstick City with them live. I think I'll be able to I think I'll be able to sway him one one of these days at a festival. Oh, that'd be badass, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that song a lot. I think that's my favorite song off the last record. A Rock Supreme. <laughs> I guess being in uh, Canada, because that's where you guys are both at, like he probably uh, was, he's more known there. Because like in America, like, like, I don't know, he's never on the radio, obviously. They're like super underground. Nah, nah dude, no one knows him. No one knows him here. He's a rock star in Europe. It's like... He plays here, he plays at a club, he plays in Europe, he plays open air festival for 40, 40, 40 plus thousand people. I'm talking like, like 40 Vakken. being the minimum. Yeah, he yeah. plays like 80, yeah, 80. Yeah, dude, that, they had him at Valken to do his public speaking uh, oh. on Kiss. His little, <laughs> his, little, his little lecture on Kiss, that was fucking insane, man. That was wild. He'd always told me about that and then I didn't realize there was a the full hd recording of it like that all like cut multicam pro like as if it was a performance at the festival it's sick and uh then the 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 chris documentary after (laughs) that that was so crazy yeah what did i even watch i was texting him as i was watching it i watched it that morning it went live i'm like what the fuck am i watching dude (laughs) um it was funny we mentioned alice in chains because uh i think it was like 2013. Allison Chains was touring, and Danko Jones. It was like some touring festival thing, like a Ozfest. And Danko Jones was like headlining like the parking lot uh, uh, stage, and I was there for the headliner bands, and I ended up liking all of the uh, uh, side stage bands more. And that's when I first saw Danko. Yeah, man, that'll happen in music festivals. Sometimes the main stage is like just to attract the masses, and if you're like. You're not like a person who likes the same bands as everyone else and you have your own tastes. Like, I don't know, personally, aside from like the headline of headline, like aside from Iron Maiden at the end of the night or whatever, like all day, I'm generally at the side stages watching my friends' bands play. Like, you know, someone like Danko or someone it's like the dudes in Havoc or like, you know, whatever it may be, whatever bands I want to go watch on these side stages. Like, that's where the bands I like are playing. It's like, what am I going to go see? <laughs> like... <laughs> 
I don't know who plays on the on 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 the main stage. Some like hella hype popular band that's only popular for a year and a half. Or am I going to go see motherfucking Municipal Waste on the side stage? You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's like this is an easy easy decision for me. That's kind of I do find my time. I think it's accurate when I'm when I'm at a festival. It's like Iron Maiden at the end of the night at the main stage, obviously. But all day, I finally I I find I'm doing the the side stages and you know hanging out in artist world and getting shit faced. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think that Danko show, he uh, it had rained before his set, and then he like came out and he said something too. It was like, man, I hope it rains, I hope it pours, so we can separate everybody that uh, uh, rocks on the uh, weekend from those that rock every day. That's he's a good master showman, yeah, rock star, dude, master showman. He's a total fucking rock star. It's true. I guess it was like how uh, people were probably seeing, you know, the big like, you know, Steven Tyler or like Paul Stanley in like the 70s, you know, in their uh, peak. Like, like I felt like Danko Jones was like on their level. Yeah, I watched a video recently of him on the Volbeat tour uh, in Europe when they're doing those ginormo re- uh, arenas and shit. And uh, dude, guy is just the ultimate rock star show, man. He fucking he really really does slay it, um, and uh, yeah, he does he does an incredible job at it, and he's been doing an incredible job at it for a long time. And it's fucking, he's got a formula, dude. He knows exactly what he's doing. He does it very very fucking well. Way better. I wish I could do that, man, dude. I wish, I wish I could sound that good on a microphone. Like he knows exactly what to say, how to say it, and when to say it. He's a motherfucking rock. He's a rock star. He is this a Steven Tyler and Paul Stanley. <laughs> hybrid you're right or even that lecture too it's like even his like tone of voice when he's speaking it's almost like how people are like oh man i could listen to uh samuel L. jackson or uh morgan freeman read the phone book i could listen to danko jones read the fucking phone book i seen him do that i i, I did uh <laughs> he did he did I've, I've gone to like him do book readings before and it's just that man like i would i would listen and read the fucking phone book he's great yeah all right, man. Well, I'm gonna let you hop off here because um, I know you've been doing this all day. Oh, good, buddy. That's that's what today was about. I'm I'm happy that we got to cap it off with a, a wicked chat with you, man. Andy, it's nice to meet you, bro. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, I can see you out on the road sometime eventually when uh, yeah it happens. You're in Illinois, you said. Yeah. So, like, how far from Chicago? Uh, two and a half hours uh, south. Like, so usually you had to go to the good shows. I got to go up to Chicago. Yeah, sweet. So if you're willing to drive two and a half hours north. Um, you'll be able to see I guarantee Exciter there. We're scheduled for September 4th, but something tells me that's not going to happen. So that'll probably just, it'll get postponed. It won't get canceled. So eventually I guarantee we'll be in Chicago with them. I'll keep it on my calendar when it happens, man. Hell yeah, dude, man. Hope to see you there. We'll, we'll hang out and have a couple brews. Uh, awesome. Awesome. Cheers, dude. Thanks for, thanks for hanging. It was good chatting with you. Uh, yeah. Have a good night, man. <laughs>